Well, we'd like to welcome our Bloomberg Television audience as well into a conversation we're always excited to have because we love business schools here on Bloomberg Business Week. We do an annual ranking. We dive deep into the business of the business schools, and it's a little bit different these days. That is for sure. Ritu Agarwal is the interim dean at the Robert H. Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland, also the founding director for the school's Center for Health Information and Decision Systems. Joining us on the phone from College Park, Dean Agarwal, really nice to have you with us. We know it is an incredibly busy and a very different time in the education of business students. Take us inside. What's school like right now? <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, Jason. Uh, this has been such a wild ride for the past six months, and there are so many different things that I can talk about, but I do want to sort of take you through the arc of our experience. Let me start by sort of directly addressing your question. What's it like inside the business school today? Density is low, but students are masked and they have fake smiles on their faces from what I can tell from behind their masks. Mm. They are just so glad to be back. Well, talk to us a little bit too, um, Dean Agarwal, about the adjustments that you guys have had to to make in order to get students back on campus. So let me just talk about, uh, you know, sort of two pandemics that we've dealt with in the last six months, right? The first one is, of course, the public health crisis that is front and center in everybody's mind. Uh, But there's also a second, more subtle one that reveals itself at the end of May, and that's, you know, the national spotlight on uh, the racial injustice and systemic bias. So we've had to make adjustments to address both of these pandemics. So I'll start by focusing on the first, which has, uh, you know, of course, captured uh, everybody's attention, time and energy for six months now. Um, I want your listeners to remember two words, unprecedented and pivot, because that has really described our experience so far. So on March 11th, uh, you know, we all received um, an email and a text on our cell phones telling us to go home because the governor had just imposed the stay at home order. And literally overnight, uh, the campus emptied out. Um, Both campus and the city of College Park became ghost towns. And luckily, we were scheduled to go on spring break the following week, and we delayed the start of classes by another week. And that allowed us to make the first crucial pivot. You know, on a dime, we took 500 courses and we moved them all to online delivery. And let me just say, uh, Carol, anybody who taught can appreciate the complexity of taking what was designed as a face-to-face course and moving it online in a matter of uh, a couple of weeks. You know, it's not just simply getting onto a Zoom meeting and giving a lecture. There are so many nuances related to teaching. There are so many different adjustments and pivots you have to make. So we did that. Uh, That was fall. And then the entire summer was spent uh, in... I want to say hundreds, if not thousands of hours of meetings, trying to figure out what should be our strategy in the face of a pandemic that nobody can predict, in the face of a virus that's totally unpredictable, uh, that's moving in uh, whatever direction it wants to, in the face of shifting public health guidance Mm -hmm. on how institutions should be uh, moving. So that's what our summer looked like. And when you um, think about uh, Dean Agarwal, the, the students, 
the interaction among students, the whole notion of a business education is an extremely collaborative one. And, and granted, we're all adjusting to that and we all are adjusting to, to working on Zoom and Carol and I only see each other over video conference uh, at this point, literally. Hmm. Um, but what's missing and, and how do you make up for it uh, if, some, uh, if even some of that interaction uh, has to be virtual? That's a great question, Jason, and one that we've grappled with. Um, we have an Office of Transformational Learning that has pedagogical experts who can allow us to recreate, if you will, not 100%, but pretty close to that, uh, of that rich face-to-face -face interaction that you might have in an online setting. So we've tried to do that in as many of our classes as possible. But I do want to make one more point. One of the controversial decisions we made over the summer, and for exactly the reasons that you outlined, Jason, is we decided we're going to come back in fall and have a hybrid, uh, quasi-in-person, quasi-online experience. Mm. Because we want our students to have that rich interaction, you know, especially in a business setting when you're talking about case studies and you're talking about, you know, all the things that go on in organizations where understanding people, trust, relationships are such an important part of your education. Uh, so, yep, we are back now um, in uh, hybrid form. Uh, and uh, as I said in my fall 2020 communication a couple of weeks back to faculty and staff, right. uh, you know, we summer flew by. Well, and Dean Agarwal, we've got about a minute and then we're going to come back and continue this conversation on radio. But I do want to ask you in just about a minute, were there financial pressures to also get the school opening again? Um. I don't think we made the decision to open the school based on financial pressures. We made the decision based on the very strong message we got from students, we want to be back. Yeah. I had numerous town halls with students all through the summer, and in every one of them they said, if the right health and safety precautions are in place, we value the campus experience. We value interacting with our professors, with our peers, and, you know, we learn so much outside of the classroom as we do in the classroom. Dean Argawal, you, your research is on the use of information technology in healthcare and health analytics, AI applications in health. I do want to ask you before we shift to the other pandemic is what do you think will be the lasting impact on our healthcare world as a result of the pandemic? Well, we have been talking about digital transformation of healthcare for almost two decades now, but this has been an industry that's been slow to adapt, as you all know, uh, you know, in contrast to, let's say, retail or financial services or any, or any one of those industries. I think this is the inflection point um, after this pandemic where so much of the healthcare that we're consuming is happening through digital channels. Uh, we are almost uh, certainly going to see a greater incorporation of data analytics and technology into healthcare. And I, I think that's a good thing in the long run. So let's talk about this other pandemic and this reckoning that we're having as a, a nation and, and certainly as business leaders around the notion of, of racial injustice and diversity, especially in companies. How do you train? What's the most effective thing you can do with this next crop of leaders, Dean Agarwal, to ensure that they are in a position to, to take this on successfully? 
Yeah, you know, let me just start by saying that uh, this has just been such a heartbreaking time for all of us and a time of great anguish and outrage in our community. So uh, for the past several months, you know, we've been dealing with the second pandemic and uh, we have a very robust set of diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives that we've put in place over several years. But in the last three months, uh, we've really accelerated uh, the scale, the scope of our activities just in response to everything that's happening around us. And you are so right, Jason. Uh, you know, we would be remiss if we were not training the next generation of leaders uh, to really take this, you know, uh, take this bull by the horns and address this dilemma uh, even before they get into the workplace. So let me share with you some of the things that we've done. Uh, I think one of the most remarkable things that happened is that our students stepped forward and one of our uh, underrepresented students from the undergraduate program, brilliant young man, he produced a video all by himself with help from a black entrepreneur to spark conversations around diversity, equity and inclusion. And, you know, if you have time on your schedule, sometimes you should view that video. I shared it with colleagues uh, amongst the Big Ten deans and everywhere else and just incredible kudos for it. But the bottom line of this video is that it prompts everybody with a series of very provocative questions and then it ends by saying, and what will you do? So we show it, we have shown it to all of our incoming students across all of our programs, undergraduate, masters, MBA, uh, and we're using that as a way to spark conversations. Uh, there's a whole host of other activities that we have planned. Uh, we just recently revised our mission and our values uh, and our strategic pillars to explicitly call out diversity, equity, and inclusion as a fifth strategic pillar. So we are so strongly committed. We are changing our curriculum to include more discussion of DEI even in our regular business school classes. And let me just say one more thing. Uh, we've started a, um, a case uh, collection, if you will, cases that feature diverse protagonists so our students get exposed to leaders from uh, all colors, races, genders, ethnicities, et cetera. Well, and, you know, we've just got about a minute left, Dean Agarwal, and I do wonder, it's all about making sure that folks who have seats at the table, it's a diverse lot, right, so that we're not just surrounding ourselves with people that, you know, are like us. And so what do you do to make sure to, whether it's your faculty, whether it's your administration, whether it's the student population and base, that it's diverse? And again, we've just got about 50 seconds here. So we have uh, started participating and have been participating for a while in a number of programs that allow us to attract more diverse students. Um, you, you know, we partner with the Black uh, National Black MBA Association, the Hispanic MBA Association, with the Forte Foundation to get more women in. Uh, we're actually pretty proud of our diversity statistics in all of our programs. We're not doing so well in faculty. Um, we've just partnered with the Big Ten deans uh, to start a program for underrepresented minorities in PhDs yeah. so we can attract more diverse uh, candidates to the academy and you know, have them grow into professors. So it's going to take uh, 
a multi-pronged approach. I don't think any one single strategy would work, and uh, all of us have to, you know, roll up our sleeves and get to work. Yeah, and that representation at the professorial and the instructor level uh, is key. Interesting to hear what you said about the cases, because uh, really rethinking the entire curriculum, it seems to be one of the things that everyone's going to have to take on. Ritu Agarwal, she's the interim dean at the Robert H. Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland, joining us on the phone from College Park.